time for From the Bench with Ditch, a special edition Bulldog Valley, a recap of last week's Highland Game, Valley Conference recap, and a look ahead to this weekend's game. Welcome to another edition of Bulldog Valley. Denny Rittenhouse along with Rodney Knackstedt. This is our moment to sit here and reflect on the game it just completed and take a look ahead at the upcoming matchup and what a matchup that is we'll get into that in just a little bit but first uh highland takes care of business on the road 68 to, or 63 to 8 over civic memorial last friday night rodney uh the bulldogs pretty much had their way running roughshod over uh, a very uh, overmatched CM team. Uh, totally agree. Score was 49 nothing at halftime, and uh, CM never really had a sustained drive at all in the first half. Uh, totally dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides. Total domination of the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball by the Bulldogs. It was, uh, and we, we talked about it on the air, mentioned a bit that uh, 13 different Bulldogs have scored this year. That number is now up to 15. <laughs> I thought there were two new ones, Denny, uh, and you and I had talked uh, off air that we, we thought there were a couple of new ones. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's spreading the ball around, and um, that, that's fun to see, to get to uh, see how much um, – different players get involved in the action. Boy, I mean, that keeps him uh, focused. It, it definitely does. And it, it also, yeah, when they go out there, they know they're not just out there to be a decoy or to just take up space. They are out there to do their job. And that is um, potentially getting the ball. Blake Jelly, what a what a, a, a nice game he had <laughs> again this week. Uh, only threw the ball nine times, seven of them completions, four of them for touchdowns. Uh, racks up 267 yards in those seven completions. And so you talk about stretching the field. Um, there were several guys with one completion for the night, 36 yards, 36 yards. Uh, Fry, one for 36. Greenwald, one for 36, which was a touchdown. Judge, one for 60. Um, so, so they're stretching the field uh, with these uh, passing when they have to. But uh, the running game's going so well, they haven't had to uh, throw the ball very much. Uh, yeah, they, they just ran roughshod over uh, CM. And, and you're right, there was a 58-yard uh, touchdown pass, a 72-yard touchdown pass. Um, Highland had uh, four touchdowns of 35 yards or more. And, uh, and you can add another... Uh, Two more in that were 20 or more. So they were really yeah. clicking. Well, you look at Dylan Beetle, two receptions for 114 yards. <laughs> uh, so so uh, he, he had a nice uh, nice game. And the numbers are starting. And two of them for touchdowns. Yeah. Well, both of them for touchdowns, like you said. Yeah. Two, two. So. He um, uh, leads the team in receiving on the year. 24 catches for 365 for Dylan. Uh, some other numbers racking up. Fry, 11 uh, catches for 232. Greenwald getting in the action, 9 catches for 142 yards. He had a real nice touchdown um, Friday night. He, he, he runs out of that fullback slot. They faked a handoff to him. He just keeps darting up the middle, and they hit him in stride uh, for the touchdown. <clears throat> Judge, 5 catches for 100 yards. So four receivers with 100-plus yards. Um, on the season, um, so the, so that's spreading it out nicely in the in the passing game as well. 
Well, then you had Tyson Raker had two touchdowns. Uh, he had a 59-yard run and a uh, nine-yard run, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, something like that. And uh, good to see him uh, get into the end zone a couple more times. Yeah. Uh, and he's uh, 32 carries for 259 on the year. Leading rusher uh, is Jelly with 76 carries for 353. Hunter Fry right on his tail at 49 for 347. So a lot of different answers when you question who's going to get the ball for Highland. And so, so that uh, makes it difficult to defend, and CM certainly had their trouble. Uh, CM folks kind of knew this was coming. We were talking to them before game, and they, they were asking if uh, we're going to pull the Dolphins on them. Uh, well, and they wanted a prediction from you and I, and we knew the one would give a solid number just out of respect for CM. But, yeah, um, yeah. In fact, one of the guys up there was saying, they're going to hit 70 like the Dolphins? And, uh, <laughs> you know, we kind of cringed. And it's like, eh, we think they might, but... <laughs> and honestly, they could have. Yeah, they um, could have. We had... Uh, other than I believe the first series of the uh, second half uh, pretty much got some of the other guys in that, yeah, they get a little playing time, but not a lot. And uh, they did well. Phoenix Lewis ran well. I mean, he's touched the ball before, but I mean, he really ran well when he was the main back and they knew he was going to get the ball. And then the uh, kicking game looked good Friday night, and the extra points uh, just kept rolling in. Yes. And uh, the leg wasn't getting tired. <laughs> We're talking about... Um, That's Cole Ellis does Cole the extra Ellis, points. Yeah, does the extra points. And so uh, what, we always struggle with math when we try to pull something up. And then, <laughs> that was seven or eight extra points the other night. And, uh, he didn't miss... Yeah, he didn't miss it all, and so so that looked good. Uh, just uh, everything looked good except the penalties. Highland had 15 penalties for 140 yards, and more concerning, I think, was the four personal foul penalties. Um, that's a lot of personal fouls where uh, they have to control their emotions a little bit out there. And uh, one, we it was very obvious on the. Uh, tackle out of bounds, well out of bounds, uh, things like that. And you know that uh, that was driving Coach Warnicky crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And it, um, um, and, and against an opponent, you really don't need to get chippy with, um, right? You, exactly. You just take care of business. And, um, um, uh, you know, we, we halfway expect a little bit of fireworks coming up this Friday. And, uh, yes. Uh, when you talk about a, a matchup that uh, is looking pretty epic at the moment with uh, Triad coming, um, hosting Highland on, on Friday night, there are the emotions you can kind of see, perhaps. Uh, well, yeah, we have them every time we play them, whether it's at our field or their field. Um, but the foolish penalties have got to stop. Uh, we can't do this. We cannot have 15 penalties for 140 yards and beat Triad, or at least I don't think we can. Uh, they're just too good. They manhandled Mascuda. So uh, this is going to be our biggest game in the for the rest of the season right here. Yeah, until until postseason, which Highland qualified for, by the way, with that victory the other day. They moved to 5-1. and one. That gets them into playoff uh, qualifications. Triad will be trying to get to that five-mark Friday night. They come in at 4-2, and two, a couple early season losses, 
Um, one, not not a total shock. Uh, the other one kind of shocked me a little bit. Their, their uh, first loss was to Mount Zion, a pretty good team out of the Apollo Conference. Um, but uh, the second loss came against the Alton Redbirds, and that's Alton's only victory to date. And uh, came off the heels of them having uh, just some social scruffles going on up there where they banned the students from the attending games and stuff. And they, they were just a mess. So I was a little surprised Triad had that set back, but um, they've recovered nicely. Three victories in a row to start off the Valley Conference schedule for them with uh, victories over Waterloo, Jerseyville, and like you said, this uh, past Friday um, at Mascuda coming away with the 34-17 win. And they really put Mascuda behind the eight ball now. It's almost every game's a playoff game for Mascuda for the rest of the season. Well, it is. But not only Mascuda, the rest of the conference, Valley, <laughs> yes. you know, sitting there at, 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 at two and four, and so so their playoffs begin this week uh, for, for each one of those. Uh, Mascuda, Waterloo, Jerseyville, and, and CM all sitting at, at two and four. So uh, not looking well for the rest of the conference. Um, I expect both these teams playing Friday night will be in the postseason. Try it. I, I think even if uh, Highland wins, they'll uh, rebound in their last couple games. When you look at uh, Civic Memorial and, and Collinsville coming up after that, Collinsville pretty good this year. That, that's not a gimme win by any chance for – by any means for, for Try it. But uh, uh, so, so, so they'll get there. But it's going to be fun watching this game Friday night, Rodney. One, you got the the rivalry. The crowd's going to be huge. Uh, two teams coming in on on pretty hot. Uh, Triad three in a row. Highland four in a row. Um, playing essentially for the conference championship. And there's one game left for each. Triad has CM, so you figure that's a a, a win for them. Uh, Highland will have Jerseyville. Jersey's a little tougher. Uh, wouldn't shock me if they put up a, a fight against Highland. Um, so, so there a lot riding on this contest coming in Friday. Yes, there is. Now, when you look at I, I try it. <laughs> yeah, for years under uh, Coach Basler, um, run, 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 maybe pass. Yes. Um, this year, you're looking at uh, Coach Pot of. Um, Pottis um, for Triad, year number one, taken over. Worked for years with Basler as a, an assistant. Before that, worked for Jeremy Warnicke as an assistant. Yes. And uh, he is a, a, a Highland grad, played in, in Highland. I think he might have been playing for it was either uh, Coach Langston or, or um, Coach Holt. I think he was in that mid-2005, 6, 7 era um, back then. So uh, familiar with Highland, familiar with Coach Warnicke. And uh, has introduced this thing called the forward pass at Triad. <laughs> <laughs> you look at his number, 76 for 125, 1,328 yards uh, in the air for him so far this year. 12 touchdowns to two interceptions. So uh, a different look from Triad than years past. Yeah, it, it, it causes every team now. You can't just focus on that run. Now you have to divide your attention. And uh, we've mentioned how important that is for Highland to have so many weapons. Well, it does the same thing for Triad. 
And Ackerman, not only um, prolific through the air, he's their uh, second leading carrier, 73 for 443 uh, yards and five touchdowns on the ground. Colin Qualls is their uh, leading rusher, 76 for 504 and 10 touchdowns on the ground. So they've got a one-two punch in the air and on the ground that Highland will have to contend with. Um, they haven't had that kind of uh, offense to deal with um, maybe this year because uh, Muhammad wasn't super prolific offensively um, when you, you reflect back on that 28 nothing loss we had to them. They were very methodic in how they uh, beat Highland that night. Triad uh, could be a, a rather explosive. Yeah, uh, kind, of, kind of reminds me of some of the Highland teams in the past where, and we've done it a couple times this year, two plays and you're in the end zone. Uh, that quick strike ability, uh, even if uh, you're behind, you can get back in the game really quickly. Yeah, you can. And, and we talk a, a lot about Highland spreading the ball. Uh, Triad does the same thing receiver-wise. Um, they, they've got a, a host of receivers they go to, led by uh, Tayshang, um, yeah, let me, Cockerell. <laughs> let me read my chicken scratch here. Tayshawn Cockerell. 27 catches for 565 yards and four touchdowns. Um, Ian Dempsey, 18 for 363 and four touchdowns. Um, Lowe's Johans, uh, eight for 134. So, so they they spread the wall around to their receivers, and, uh, um, and we'll also uh, hit a, hit a running back now and then. So this will be a much different look triad team. Uh, than, than we've seen in uh, years past under Coach Basler. Yeah, actually, they're almost a mirror of what Highland is doing this year. Uh, the same thing, yeah, when run, pass, that. run, pass. You don't know which one you're going to get. Yeah, which, which player. Uh, now, I think Highland will be able to move the ball on, on Triad. They seem to uh, um, not be quite as uh, – efficient on the defensive side of the ball as they they appear to be on on the offensive side of the ball so so it could be some fireworks in the air friday night which will, of course means a 10 to 7 final <laughs> <laughs> you know you don't ever know but uh i've been so impressed with uh, highland's defense uh, their line uh, other than uh, the muhammad game uh, they have put pressure on the quarterback when needed. They string plays out really well when they try to go outside, uh, contain that, or they cut them back in. And uh, so I think Highland's defense is going to be the key in this game. Yeah, yeah, and in, in how, how they read what's being thrown at them offensively. Yes. And, and kind of the same. And these two teams appear to be mirrors of each other, and so – so it'll be who who makes the fewest mistakes, and uh, and not just talking about penalties and you know, just turnovers, missed blocks, coverage yes. mistakes, and things like that. And it's important. Um, and Jimmy talked to us about this um, this past week was looking for that um, immaculate play every play. They grade out each position. On, on a play and say, you know, uh, we, our high was 13. I don't know if they hit that this past week. I'm going to say no based on the number of penalties. But, right. Um, you know, but but the uh, uh, it, it comes into play in a game like this coming up where you really need all 11 guys carrying out their assignments. You do. And, uh, you know, that means uh, – uh, 
a, a sweep right or left, you need that receiver on that side of the ball to be able to hold his blocks, maintain them, let the guy get by the running back. And uh, it'll be interesting. I agree with you. And, and you're right, Jimmy stressed that they, they want to get more than 13 of those in a game. And so uh, that's uh, kind of what we're looking at Friday night uh, for uh, control of the Valley Conference. Uh, looking for that automatic bid as a conference champ. Uh, Highland, well, they can at least clinch a share of the championship with a victory Friday night. Um, and then they'll have Jerseyville left to uh, get uh, outright if they, they pull off the victory against Triad. And so um, uh, Highland's sitting in a slightly better position than Triad is, so uh, neither team is going to suffer a tremendous season setback. Um, if they come up on the losing side this Friday, but still a big game nonetheless in the, the grand scheme of um, what history is going to tell about this 2023 season. I totally agree with you, and it'll be a big sign of how the Bulldogs handle that kind of pressure because that's what happens in the playoffs too. That's there's, It's just different. There's more pressure. You know you lose, yeah. you're out. They know they need to win this game to basically – secure the conference because if they win it even if they do lose they've got the tiebreaker and the fact that they beat yeah. triad what you want to do is start positioning yourself now that highland's qualified start positioning for those home games in the yes in the postseason so uh, they run the table they got a good shot of hosting two home games in a row which is is hard to do uh, just because of how they set those playoffs up trying to avoid too many yeah. home games in a row for any uh one team, which yeah. I, I still don't understand that. I just think if you've got the best record, you should have the home field advantage. But that's yeah, not, yeah, you know, that's but not then, how they did. You get the arguments of a schedule strength and all that as far as I get it goes. And so, so I've always liked the way the the IHSA is is handled football postseason, especially when I look at neighboring states and see how they do it. I'm not a fan of what Missouri does with their their districts, in which Illinois almost went to. Um, thing. Um, uh, right before COVID hit, and uh, right. it kind of got scrapped when the, the COVID season wiped it out. And uh, we'll see if that dust settles at some point here and they get back <laughs> to that discussion. But um, I wasn't a fan of going that way. I'm sure I would have adopted and, and still been a fan of high school football, but I like the way uh, uh, Illinois does it. And look at other games um, in the conference. Uh, Jerseyville will take on uh, Mascuda at Jerseyville. Um, like uh, we said earlier, uh, the rest of the conference's playoffs have begun. Two and four need that five victory mark uh, to get in there. And the winner of this game probably has the best shot of accomplishing that when you look at Jerseyville and Mascuda versus um, the other game going on, Waterloo and, and, and uh, Civic Memorial. Uh, so, so that uh, uh, neither one of those teams, I think, are, are uh, headed to, to postseason. Jerseyville, uh, they got to get take care of Highland if they get by Mascuda here. So that that uh, um, is a daunting task, and so yeah, I think it's looking like Highland try it, and that's it in the postseason for the, for the Valley this year. Uh, big games going on uh, outside of the conference, Rodney. How about this one? Um, Breeze Central versus Roxana Central, five and one. They're only lost to Highland in week one, and they've just steamrolled through. 
Uh, they're scheduled to this point. Roxana, in my mind, the most impressive team in the Metro East this season. Uh, they're sitting at 6-0, and and they haven't been uh, challenged uh, one iota this season. Yeah, and, and you know, there were there were years in the past when Roxana was a, a really good team, Wood River as well. And uh, obviously Roxana has their act together again. They do, looking good. And this is um, uh, essentially for all the marbles in the uh, Cahokia Conference, their big division. I forget what they divide those up into. But um, <laughs> then this uh, the big boys playing, and uh, uh, that'll be a bash. Um, Friday night, Central versus Roxana. Another big game, Edwardsville versus Belleville East. Belleville East, kind of a quiet 5-1 and one, uh, coming into this game against Edwardsville, who still remains unbeaten at 6-0. and oh. And Edwardsville would love to stay that way because next week's their big matchup against the Flyers of uh, East St. Louis. And so uh, Belleville East has already had a, a taste of what East St. Louis can do, and they got smacked around, I want to say, 63 zip or something like that. It was, yeah, it was you know, a blowout. So, so it's, uh, but uh, to, their, to their credit, they have bounced back with two victories since then. So the Lancers uh, hoping to um, pull the upset against. Uh, Belleville East uh, are, are against uh, Edwardsville, Edwardsville uh, this weekend. So those are a couple of the other games uh, going outside of conference. Now our, our weekly recap of the NFL, which uh, <laughs> in our mind means the Detroit Lions, but uh, our, our rookie from Highland had a, a another nice game in week three. Um, good first half. They didn't find him too much in the second half before catches for 56 yards for, of course, we're talking about number 87, Sam Laporta. A, a nice uh, game continues to pound, mount up the attention and the uh, numbers for rookies at a, at a tight end. Uh, everything looking positive for Sam thus far. It is, and uh, had a conversation with some people and uh, talking about how good of a blocker he is. And they said the same thing that, uh, you know, in the NFL, uh, that's a key for a tight end. If they can't block, they're not hanging around long unless, uh, you know, they're just a super stud as far as hanging on the ball in traffic. And uh, as we know, Sam is so good at that. You get the ball, if his hands touch it, it's usually a catch. Yeah, it really is. So. So the uh, excitement starting to mount uh, more and more around the area. I was out in Edwardsville yesterday and saw three different Detroit Lions shirts, including one Laporta jersey. Uh, so so that's uh, kind of noticeable and kind of neat, the impact that, it, that it's having uh, socially in the area. Well, even before our game at CM, I got there early, and uh, one of their fans uh, started talking to me about uh, Sam and, uh, you know, they're following what he's doing and said he must have had a great college career and I said well he actually only had five touchdown career five touchdown catches at Iowa but the last two years they really didn't have a quarterback to and I'm not sure they utilized him enough in that regard but that's beside the point um but I said that yeah. had a lot to do with him not yeah, having more touchdown more, catches. I agree. It was more the quarterback play than it was on, on Sam's ability to, to get in the end zone. Um, so so that, one, that was fun, and it uh, uh, will continue. Um, this Sunday, is, uh, uh, the Lions have become the hometown favorite uh, to follow in the NFL. So Friday night, we'll be at Triad, uh, 7 o'clock kickoff. 
Um, now you played in this series. Um, was it a, a intense rivalry back in the seventies? Oh my goodness, yes, yes. Uh, actually, uh, I won't mention names. Uh, there were some Highland students would go to Triad and burn an H into their field. Uh, Triad made it to our field once and burned a T into the field. So, uh, yes, this has been intense uh, since I was in high school. And, uh, you know, I was there 74 to 78, and it was just as intense then as it is now. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. My son can share some similar stories from the late 90s. And, uh, uh, students doing some uh, uh, shenanigans on, on each other's home fields. and so Well, things that didn't get you arrested back then, but today, well, now with the turf fields, you'd really be in trouble. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, back then, uh, they, they did look at it as you, you shouldn't have done it, a harmless prank. But, wink, wink, uh, yeah. yeah. Don't do that again. Yes, wink, yes. Kind of thing, yeah. Uh, so so that's, that's cool stuff and, and uh, fun stuff. I know... Um, you get some of the, uh, I had a guest on my podcast last week, uh, Mark and Gail Holthouse, uh, talking about the Greg Holthouse Foundation and their big wiffle ball tournament coming up in a, a week or, or, or so as well. But um, they somehow let their son, Andrew, who played for Highland back in the late 90s for Coach Hooker, um, moved to Triad Country, uh, and his wife also a Highland grad. And my golly, now they got a kid playing. We'll see Friday night. Um, Hayden Holthouse playing line for the, for Triad night. So, so, but you get some of that too. Oh yes, from this yes. Rivalry, just people living um, that close to the district, and, uh, and you cross you cross that dreaded line apparently every now and then, and. Uh, Somebody ends up in the other school, and so so these kids kind of know each other too from from that kind of stuff too. Well, and and back in the seventies, believe it or not, Highland had another big rivalry that uh, it got ended, and I'm not sure why, but uh, and that was Greenville. Uh, it was uh, just yeah. just chippy, and and that even carried over into baseball and all that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. That was still going on in the Greenwald years. Okay. Uh, they were still playing uh, in the late 80s. And school size is what deterred that. Green, okay, Greenville's okay. not quite hanging uh, enrollment-wise with, with where Highland's at, and so they uh, moved down. That's another team doing well, by the way. They're sitting at 6-0 and um, over there in that South Central Conference. I think they still call it that. Uh, conference, but, but that uh, I couldn't tell you. But uh, Greenville's doing good. They're they're having a another fine year, and uh, Todd Hutchinson, the head coach over there, has done a tremendous job over the years. Uh, he's had not about twenty years uh, under uh, the helm over there at Greenville, so they're they're uh, definitely going to be a force to contend with. And uh, I think Greenville goes three A, maybe maybe four, I don't know. They're they're right in that three A area. Could be down, could be up from that, but. Um, uh, definitely a smaller class, but um, well, yeah, they, it, it may not be long before Triad gets too big to stay in our conference. Yeah, yeah, they're there getting is, close. There is some consternation about that. Um, it's hard to fathom. I, I, no, I totally I, I agree. Would see, <laughs> I would see uh, Highland continuing um, a game as a, a non-conference if uh, that, that goes that way, but, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, so, uh, well, anything else to add before we cut out, Rodney? I don't know if you had any notes there you wanted to make sure you touched on, but no. The uh, only thing that uh, you and I already covered it was uh, Highlands got to clean up their penalties. Uh, they can't do this, and uh, I don't think they can do this and come out and, and beat Triad. They have to clean up 
the the penalty, especially the yeah. big penalties. Yeah. Now that being said, I have no clue what Triad does in that regard as far as the penalties. And, <sighs> yes. and you look at their offensive numbers; they they're probably doing a lot of shifting and, and motion and stuff like that too. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, they they've had some challenges in that regard as well. You know, uh, but you can overcome a five yarder, right. and you understand the motion. You and I have talked about this. Highland does so much moving around. It's the it's the and even the hold. If you're protecting your quarterback so he doesn't get hammered, your coach is going to not be upset about that one. Uh, yeah, it, it's the personal fouls and it's some of the holding we've had downfield. The play is passed yeah. and then they get caught. Yeah, and so so we'll see if uh, the Bulldogs clean that up and if they do, I think some good things will will result. Uh, should be a fun one Friday night uh, on BulldogRadioHighland.com, and then you can hear the replay um, Monday nights at 7 o'clock on uh, BulldogRadioHighland.com. So for Rodney, this is Denny, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. This has been From the Bench with Ditch, Bulldog Valley. Hope you enjoyed it. Tune in each week and all season long.